0: The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, he is your host of the PWT cast, Splunk!
1: Bang, bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 5 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And I'm Stank. Fuck. What a weekend. Woo boy. Oh man, we... I am tired. <laughs> oh God, you're telling me we are recording this at the end of at the end of the day, Sunday for the most part. Yeah, the, we're winding uh, down. Yeah, the Kenny Omega autograph session just finished, and fuck, it was a long it, weekend. It was bonkers. Yeah, it was. We everything from the flips all out party. Yep. To which we met so many. First off, we're friends of the show. For yeah, first off, uh, I want to give a shout out to. All the friends of the show that we met this weekend. We had so
2: many cool people come yeah. up to us. And I hope we don't miss anybody because there yeah, were so I, many.
1: There were so many of them. I Yeah, I, I hope we don't miss you guys. I I kept pulling out my phone. Um, but first off, shout out to Stephen Burton, uh, former winner yes. of our uh, t-shirt giveaway, who drove five and a half hours. He came through, kind of toured the little place. Yeah, you know, he he picked up his shirt, yeah, walked around, saw everything. So shout out Very to him. Very cool, dude. But there's also uh, Tim from Nebraska. Who gave me a slice of pizza. Yep. Pizza's always appreciated. Pizza is love. Oh, God. I pizza love pizza. is life. I, Listen, I didn't get this six-pack from <laughs> uh, not eating Pequot's pizza. Um, but I also met uh, Sally and Jim from Minnesota, who I've, I've met them before at, yeah. at signings, but they were here for the Young Bucks and, and the Marty signing yep. as well. There was uh, George from Tampa. There was my boy, Soupy. Soupy. Yeah, shout out to my boy, Soupy. Campbell uh, Soupy. Yeah, Katie Fabe, who... God bless her. She's always writing so many nice things about us on the social media. I yeah. love her. She she is a sweetheart. A sweet soul. Sweet soul. And then last but not least, our boy uh, Clifford Frazier. Yep. Who this man is keeping track of all our episodes because <laughs> he wants to hear that Ryan episode. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Ryan, uh, did any of you guys watch All Out? I heard there was a handsome gentleman uh, <laughs> wearing a Hey Ryan shirt. There, listen, yep. there was two gentlemen in the front row. Uh, but I'm talking about the one, uh, you know, more midway, midway in the center, almost right by where Pac almost destroyed his ankles. Yeah. uh, I just heard there's a handsome guy there. You yeah, know? he
2: looked beautiful, he looked scrumptious. But man, Dave, uh, how was All Out? How did you enjoy All Out? Oh, you, you know, it's always fun seeing the fruits of your labor. Mm-hmm. on uh right in front of you i was able to bring my wife and my brother who doesn't actually go to a lot of wrestling shows uh shout out mrs stank yeah mrs stank and uh little brother stank but um he's normally pretty critical of stuff like that you know he's your typical jaded guy but like he was watching and he's like I, I can't tell you how many times he said holy shit this is what I'm so there were so many Awesome moments during that show.
1: That's always the best when you bring someone to their first wrestling show. And they see the light. Like, so, oh my God, how could we forget? We also met friends of the show and uh, Facebook VIP members, Dennis Day Jr. and Charles, I can't. Brugnolati. I forgot how to pronounce it. I did it so well before. You did it well. You did it really well before. But Charles brought his wife. And I'm pretty sure she said this was her first wrestling show. It might have been her second, but I think this was her first sitting front row. Yeah. And anytime anyone came and did a spot ringside or anything like that,
2: he was the human shield.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had to protect his poor wife. Like yep. have, again, that's have, a good I, man. Yeah, when I mentioned Pac did that, fucking I don't. He did something. Yeah. Uh, it was over the top and came crashing down on Kenny. It was right there in front of her. And yeah, it was just like. Uh, she, she missed the uh, the Cracker Barrel clash, which we were like you just missed the most amazing thing, <laughs> and it, all the it was act- ridiculous. All the action was right in front of her. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, like you mentioned, you know, it's it's fun bringing people to like their first.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got a really good like front row view. I was living the sweet life up in the suites with the other PWT guys, but I mean, ev- there's not a bad seat in the place.
1: No, yeah, like so. I. Uh, Ryan and uh, Dana Massey, friend of the show. Yeah, they wanted to watch the Young Bucks, the uh, Escalera de la Muerte Ooh. match, um, up and close. So I was muerte like, uh. is right. Yeah, they they came down ringside. They swapped out seats with myself, which right behind us was uh Ryan's brother Sean Barkin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Sean Barkin, not Nick Barkin. Sean Barkin was there with yeah. uh all his friends. One of who's a, a cop that defends my neighborhood. He's like he's like the Matt Murdock. Shout out to the police, yeah. friends of the show. Shout out to the CP, all police, friends all of the police show. Officer, yeah, he's a good guy. You know these uh, all, his friends. It's just three friends he yeah. brings with. him um, I'm off the top of my head. I can't remember you guys' names, but I know you listen, and uh, you guys are definitely friends of the show. Absolutely. But, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I whether it's you know up in the nosebleeds or in a suite or first row, I enjoy whatever it is but for this one um i wanted to bring my brother yeah uh, to the show so i asked ryan if he could well he looked like he had a heck of a time too the best seats he's ever had you yep. you know that's a good brother right there uh, yeah and it's hey all, all i ask of him is to fucking do good in school because yep. his idiot brother didn't and now yep. he's just you know uh making t-shirts and doing podcasts yep. so hopefully hopefully he's the one that becomes like a doctor or something yeah. and you know we were both house. good brothers now yeah, that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, we're both good. We're good brothers. We both, we both brought yeah. our little brothers with us this weekend yeah, uh, yeah, to yeah. wrestling shows. But yeah, I mean, all
2: that was great. Like I what was your favorite match of the evening? Uh, if I had to say it'd probably be Bucks versus Lucha Bros. I mean that would I've seen a lot of ladder matches and it's really hard to come up with stuff that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it, but oh fuck that! If you haven't
1: yeah. seen it, that's on you.
2: The destroyer off of the top of the ladder <sighs> through a table. My brother was like, "I did." That's a video. Is this a video game I'm watching? So, uh, that'd probably be my my match of the night. Yeah. That How about was, you, um, that that
1: match was awesome. <sighs> like I I love the Bucks. You yeah. Know, both friends of the show and Pentagon is probably my favorite wrestler slash gimmick he's so, so I really cool love that yeah but the one match the one match i think that was kind of a sleeper that i i've heard a few people talk about was scu versus versus jurassic express oh yeah that crowd was lit luchasaurus all i'm gonna say lucha motherfucking sorus this man amazing um but if, I I would probably say that the latter match as well yeah. was my favorite. I really enjoyed Pac versus Kenny. Oh
2: man, there were some shots in there. I was like, are they alive? Yeah. Holy
1: shit. I I love I love the uh, Pac being billed as, two oh six pounds, uh, two hundred and six pounds.
2: Yeah, I mean the crowd gave him some shit for that, but uh, that's all part of the show. Yeah,
1: that was it was it was an awesome show. You yeah. know, from head from from bottom went, yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, 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 Arn motherfucking Anderson oh. pulling out that uh, spine buster, like, it, you know.
2: I saw on Twitter someone said, uh, and I can't I can't cite you, but they said uh, Road Warriors pop is now the Arn Anderson pop, because that building, if if you were there live, you felt a wave of sound mm-hmm. hit. It was so great, and he looked so happy. He looked like he never left the ring. No, yeah, that guy... Has not lost a step. The
1: Enforcer for real. The Enforcer, the motherfucking Enforcer. But that was fun. And then, like, even prior to that, Flip's all-out party. Yep. That was really fun, you know. Frank the Clown, friend of the show. Friend of the show, awesome Frank the Clown. Awesome guy, yeah. He he volunteered to be in the dunk tank. And, boy, was he getting that heat from the crowd, too. Cool. Yeah, that guy is, that guy was <laughs> healing it up. Yep. Healing it up, brother. But, yeah, we, we you know, we were there with Flip. um, Who, like, Flip and Marty, you, awesome guys. Yeah. You know, they are... uh they are very aw- nice, generous men. Is yes. all I'm going to say about them. But uh, I, I went to dinner with them. Ryan took them to dinner to At uh, Small Cheval, Small Cheval, yep. best burger in Chicago. If, yeah. you, if you're in Chicago and I should have went, you should have came.
2: I was so full of tacos though. Oh, There's so much
1: junk food being eaten this <laughs> weekend. Uh, which myself and uh, Matt Nix of the of the podcast, yep. um, he and I are going to start our Jericho Cruise diets Tuesday maybe that ain't for me it
2: ain't well, listen i'm on a seafood diet i see food and i eat it <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah but like uh all the all out party was uh was fun there's some more friends of the show uh cash i saw our, our buddy cash it was mm-hmm. right when we were leaving unfortunately i didn't uh i was trying to get an interview with the guy but uh him and his family had to be back in ohio so yeah you know i just briefly briefly saw him but gotta love cash he's a teenage correspondent of marty and sarah and i learned a lot from him what what the teens are into
2: yeah you know you got to keep your finger on the pulse with them kids gotta
1: keep you know i want to be more
2: triple h than Vince mcmahon they're into like fleek and being fly af i don't know
1: i don't know you know that probably was a thing this morning and now it's probably some
2: you know they're all saying flippity out to each other yeah
1: they're all dibbity (laughs) doobah but yeah that was fun you know we we ran into a lot of people there um,
2: we got to interview a few people for future stuff.
1: Yes, we did get... We got some great quality content yeah. with people. Uh, we set up some great interviews. You know, it's uh,
2: networking. Networking with people. You know what? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, so...
1: Yeah, you miss 100% we of the shots We missed a couple shots this
2: weekend, but we mi-
1: Yeah, but it was, you know... It for was, good reason. Yeah, it, it was time constraints that we yeah. weren't going to, you know, we... We didn't want to impose. We didn't want to impose or overstep. Because if there's one thing
2: you know, that we're known for. It's being gentlemen. Oh, yeah. And stewards of other people's time, so.
1: Yeah, so we weren't gonna, you know, put people in awkward positions yeah. either, but um you guys will like who we have
2: coming up. Yeah, it'll be a joy.
1: Yeah, here at the PWT cast, we only bring you quality, which the feedback on last week's episode with Frank.
2: Yeah. Oh, people are loving Frank's it. an instant star.
1: Yeah, Frank is, yeah, he is a dear. He is gonna be a re- reoccurring character, a reoccurring guest yeah. m- more than once Uh just because people loved his episode.
2: Yeah. He is a he's a big cuddly teddy bear. Don't let him try and intimidate you, but uh yeah, he's always fun to talk to, so
1: Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll definitely have him back on. And uh, ooh, before I forget. Hmm. Glow.
2: Oh, you finally finished it? I finally finished it. So we can talk?
1: Yeah, I mean, and listen, it's been out for two maybe three weeks now. So there's going to be some spoilers if you yeah. haven't finished it let just skip ahead yeah, two, three minutes because- just we're Just scrub through. Yeah, we're going to talk some fucking spoilers about Glow. So again, cover your ears if you don't want to yeah. hear about spoilers in three, two, one. Dave, what did you think about Glow?
2: Well, first, I got to tell you, when Glow first came out, now I remember Glow, the original Glow, the actual Glow, and I was like, I don't want to watch a show about that. I mean, it was kind of fun when I was younger and I resisted and I didn't watch the season one. And then finally, I was like, "Screw it! I'll just watch it." And I was hooked from the first episode. Um, now there were some scenes that I couldn't watch because my daughter would be walking around. So I'm like, "Oh, I gotta wait till nighttime for that." But um, big fan. Season three comes out. Um, the one thing that they do really well is character building. Yes. So, like Mark Maron's character, I uh, favorite character. I love him.
1: Yeah, he. I read somewhere that Mark Maron. Plays a better Mark Marin in Glow than he did in the Mark Marin show. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, like the character progression for him has just been awesome. It's, yeah, been it's one from, of the especially best parts. from season one. Yeah. And like, same could be said for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Debbie who, yep. from season one to even now, you can kind of just see, you know, like she's,
2: she's becoming like. She's getting ruthless. I mean, she got screwed. Mm hmm. And then now she's taking hers now. So yeah. she's getting a little ruthless, a little cunning, but that's good.
1: Speaking of uh, Ruth, not, not, not a big fan of Ruth this season. Uh, she was a little weenie. Yeah, and yeah, you know, like, come on, your boyfriend's coming to visit you for the first time in a few months, and you're yeah. like, oh, we should move in together. Yeah. And then guilt buy him a camera.
2: Yeah, which he felt guilty for taking it. Yeah. Um,. But yeah, uh Gina Davis. So I Gina I didn't Davis? even know she was going to be in in it that season. No? Looking great by the way in a showgirls outfit. Ooh, Gina Davis. Mm. Like mm. a fine wine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the storylines with Bash.
1: Speaking of Bash, there was the episode where Bobby Barnes, the the guy who who does the drag. Yeah. Um, who, great singing voice. Yeah, f- fantastic. But there was the episode where he kind of alluded to him where Where Bash is like, oh, me and my wife like to go to bed early. And he's like, oh, yeah, me and my wife as well. Yeah. There was a lot of great, like, subtext to a lot of what was going on. Yeah.
2: And so seeing him, like, come to grips with, like, he's like, listen, back then it was a different time. Yeah. People weren't as woke. So um, realizing your true self probably was a scary thing Mm -hmm. back then. Um, But it was kind of a really interesting storyline happening. I mean, we won't go too much into that, but. yeah it was great speaking of bash though um kind of the the guy that the shows the bash is based off of the original glow guy david McLean, i think his name was mm-hmm. friend of the show came to the shop
1: oh yeah really nice guy super yeah, nice
2: guy super nice he was signing up he's doing uh, women of wrestling now which we also have a uh, a store on pro wrestling tees for mm-hmm. came in couldn't be classier yeah he was um, he was really fucking nice super cool dude um, it's just kind of weird to see something from the eight. I mean, everything from the eighties is popular now, so it's kind of cool to see a dramatization of a show. Um, it's it's great though. I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, it was great. I would highly recommend that. Another thing I would highly recommend is uh, the Post Wrestling Podcast. Yes, yeah, because our guests this week are John Pollock and Waiting, and I, I briefly touched on it, you know, in the interview with them. But like, fuck, props to these guys, dude. They put out so much content. Yeah, like I get through my week just like listening through all their shows and on top of like their regular shows their patreon shows like these guys are killing it you know i i first started listening listening to them when they were on the law and when that just dissipated and you know they they from the ground up yeah you know you can i just gotta like admire just how fucking hard these guys work especially
2: when, you know, we're on, we're on the side that they're on now, we got to produce some content and it's not, it's not always easy. No,
1: it's not easy. And it, like, it's not always easy for us to put out the one show a week. Yeah. They put out one on Monday. Yeah. They put one out on Tuesday. Yeah. And it's. They like, got it figured out. They, they do it. Yeah. Like yeah. Almost every single day. And that's not even the weeks counting when you have like G1 coverage going yep, special on. Special events. When you have pay-per-views going on. Yeah. They're There's definitely was, workhorses. There's there three pay-per-views that happened on Saturday. Yep what the fuck you know yeah so yeah and again they've been super helpful super generous with just advice with their time yeah which is why um as you'll see in the episode we didn't ask them for money no no i i couldn't you know i couldn't ask them for that um them being the nice guys they were actually did give me some canadian currency oh did they they did but then once i converted it, it i actually i wound up owing the government money i don't <laughs> That's know a sweet canadian dollar i don't know how that worked out yeah. but you know generous nonetheless with with their time with their advice with everything definite friends know? of the show definite friends of the show cowboy waiting uh and, J- and john pollock so without further ado let's get to them Joined by two men who rose from the ashes and have built their own empire. On the intro to their SmackDown review show, they are referred to as the Kings of Combat Sport podcast. And despite what anyone may tell you, that is in fact the truth. Between the first G1 show and the hundredth that is still going on, these men have produced an episode for every single one of them on top of their SmackDown review, Raw review. And all their other Patreon exclusive shows, ladies and gentlemen, John Pollock and Cowboy Wait.
3: <laughs> what an introduction! Damn, mm. our own empire, and boy, you you have painted us as quite the socialites with well the you, amount of wrestling content we discussed. Michael Buffer himself.
1: Yeah, you guys are. With a lot of people would refer to Colt Cabana as like the godfather of podcasts. You know, he he kind of ushered in the wrestling podcast for everyone to have their own. I mean, I have my own now, so clearly, you know, they just let anyone have one. But the amount of work that you guys put in, it's its ridiculous. Like I mentioned, you guys have been doing a review show for every single G1 show, not just, like, the ones that you guys have enjoyed or has stuck out particularly. Every single one, along with your SmackDown review, Raw review, and all your, page, your Patreon shows. And what is that like? How's that been for this summer this cruel summer
3: oh very nice i like all the uh working in of all our various titles uh it's it's definitely a whirlwind i know that uh, for some people they'll be you know just how can you complain about you know you're watching wrestling and talking about wrestling but it's very different when you're on a schedule and it's not just you're watching for leisure you're watching it because you you have to watch it critically as well you're taking notes you're hopefully have some kind of analysis of value and it's on top of all of our other commitments as well that you throw in the g1 the the positive is that you're watching some of the the best wrestling you're going to see all year long so i mean that that certainly helps but it's it's really i, I think just a testament to being able to maintain scheduling and way and i I think we're, we're very good about being on schedule and working with each other just to figure out recording times and and that's that's never a big issue like someone you know just throwing your schedule off like we're both pretty strict
0: yeah, certainly. And I was just going to say, you know, for us this particular month, I, I mean, I don't think is all that different from perhaps, you know, really busy season for you at Pro Wrestling Tees. You're probably working a lot of extra hours just to keep up with demand. And for us, it happens to be G1 season where we have to put in a few extra hours.
1: Yeah, it's... I feel like, I mean, to a lesser extent because I don't have to record all my actual work, but I definitely understand it's there's these wrestling seasons Mm. where it's more busier than normal. And that's typically, it revolves around like the big four WWE ones, you know, kind of other shows as well. Less
0: so now, but like, yeah, I would say in the past, certainly.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think actually with like the week long wrestling events, like this week in Toronto, there are 37 shows a day running, Mm. probably. Uh, and it's just crazy because I know when I like first got into wrestling, which wasn't, it was like around 2004, 2005, like there was no such thing as like a, a WrestleMania weekend where you would dedicate just a whole week for that. And now it's become, it's become, become the norm where you, if there's a big event, like I know we have a survivor series coming up in Chicago and there's already wrestling companies planning, you know, a numerous shows just Revolving around that because there's already so many people that are going to be in town, and I, I was at Progress yesterday. I know you guys are going to WXW today, mm-hmm. and then there's also like Ring of Honor running. Which
3: there's 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 five shows happening. This is I don't know when people are listening to this, but this is SummerSlam weekend, and on the Friday there's five shows today with four head to head shows Friday night in Toronto. Which I, I'll, I'll maintain. I don't think Toronto is a city that yes you think of it as a wrestling hotbed, but I don't think it can sustain. All of these different shows. I think that people, they have their certain shows they'll select, but I don't think that SummerSlam weekend has reached that level where a giant volume of people are planning trips around coming to SummerSlam. And I think that next year, SummerSlam is going to be in Boston. I think that'll be a better indicator of kind of the health of more people spread across independent shows. Uh, I think Canada, it's a big, tough ask for US indies to come all the way up here to stage shows.
1: Yeah, because like I know, I know firsthand. Uh, there's a freelancer kick show that was announced, and I wasn't on it. I didn't bring my costume across the border, unfortunately. You didn't but bring your gear. I didn't. First rule: I didn't bring my gear. I know. I Stone Cold. But Steve you brought Os- your
3: microphone equipment, so that's that's the first rule of podcasting: always yeah. bring your mic. I think as a
1: rest, I'm sure
0: we could find a penis costume somewhere in the I- city.
1: I think as a wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin would have been upset with me for not always having my gear. But I think as a podcaster, you know, he would be proud because I, I did bring all of that. Um, but I know there was like a freelance versus Superkick show that was like announced very last minute. And that was very much just, OK, how many of your talent had have, have their uh, paperwork to get across the border? All right, then let's do it. And I do know a good number of fans like wrestling fans, post fans, that wanted to come, but they just they don't have their passports. And for some of them, it is just too much for them to get all that, mm-hmm. which, like you guys mentioned, if it's in the States, it, it is easier to travel to just take way, a
0: Way easier. Yeah. Well, I wow.
3: mean, even even the other way around, I mean, for us, it's not so much of a hiccup crossing the border to go down for something in the Northeast. But the other way around, I think, yeah, the, the border is a bit of a hindrance to people. And I think that as well, it's something tough to plan SummerSlam weekend as this big traveling event when I think AEW, they've now carved out Labor Day weekend and people aren't going to be going to both. They're going to pick one or the other. And I think AEW kind of has that that heads up on traveling wrestling fans at this time of the year now. Yeah,
1: it's definitely interesting with AEW because, I mean, it's no secret I, I work for Pro Wrestling Tees and the amount of like,
0: are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm, I don't know if, yeah. It's the mean, name of this podcast. <laughs> it, yeah, it's
1: the name of this podcast, and I'm only wearing all pro wrestling tees everything, which is like a conversation when I got, I'm i staying at the the BDE uh, with Braden Harrington, Davey Portman, friends of the podcast.
3: Which is probably just a nonstop podcast right there. I mean, you could really document your time staying with those two. The, yeah, which,
1: like, so we were, we they I'm going to be recording shows with them as well, and they wanted to record the first night, to which I was like, well, we can't do that. Like, I'm going to be here a whole weekend. I'm like, the amount of shenanigans we're going to get into, the amount of stories we're going to have, like, we need to record that like right before I leave to the airport because if we record the Thursday that I get here. You know, it, it'll probably be fun, but you have takeover, you have all these like independent shows we're going to. Like, that's something you, people are going to want to listen to. You know, because I, I had I've had listeners like I posted yesterday that I was at the Progress Show. And they're just like, oh, you're going to talk about this on the show, and I'm like, I didn't plan on, but you know, I'm not going to go in depth. Like, I leave all the in-depth wrestling reviews to to you guys. But. Are you
3: doing the takeover post show with
0: them?
1: Yeah, so it's going to be us with Jesse from the Six.
0: Okay, because oh, I loved you guys on on the uh, the the um the one in New. Where, was, where were we? <laughs> New York. New York. Yeah, you guys were great. I yeah. just
3: want a video podcast with Braden and Scrump side by side, so everyone can see. Like, I feel you two are just like somehow there is a blood relation in there somewhere because your mannerisms and Braden's are just uncanny. Like, I talk to you and I'm I'm talking to Braden. Like, you just, you two have That's, so. I don't find Oh, that. I do. I They're totally see it. And different. Braden has said that others have pointed that out yeah, as well. Fu- so it's not just me.
1: It's funny that you mentioned that uh, yesterday at the Progress show. Uh, my friend Caitlin, she, she came later on in the evening and, you know, she met up with us. She was there. And I introduced Brayden and at intermission, Brayden went, he took outside to he went outside to take a smoke. And she goes, Hey, she goes, Is this guy related to you? <laughs> see? And to which I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, he's he's my cousin. She goes, Oh, okay, I can see it.
3: I would buy that. I wouldn't question it if you told me that.
1: Well, it's it's very weird. Like there's a lot of similarities between he and I. Like most notably, he and I both have our own wrestling themed podcast with co hosts named David. Which is again just one of those things where it's like,
0: <laughs> that's that's one of the two week old coincidences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a two week old coincidence.
1: Uh, but yeah, like I always say, David's or Braden's kind of like my cool Canadian brother.
0: I think Braden is only allowed to co-host podcasts with people named David or Dave,
1: with specifically bartenders. Yes, but we are. I'm, I am excited though to do the review show with Jesse from the Six. I am bummed out though that Walter isn't on this show. Because if you listen to the last one, he went on about like Walter's uh theme theme music and just all this very smart articulate things and all we had to say was Yes, we also like it. Um <laughs> The balance is, is Yeah, nice. the balance is there.
3: It's crazy. We were talking about this before, the fact that Walter is under WWE. Well, he's he's working with NXT UK, he's here in town. But he's on all the non WWE shows. He's working the the Progress shows. He's working with uh, with WXW, and here he is. Like you can go see him, but it's just so strange that here's NXT, and it's just the way the system is that he's he's not on that card.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see how they're running. Like, there's always rumors of like, oh, they want to do an NXT uh, like Canada or Australia, and I don't know. Like with NXT UK, I think Walter definitely fits because he is he's a star. So you can just do that. You know, he, hey, there's no show he's booked on SummerSlam weekend. We're going to let him wrestle on every single one of those indie shows that, you know, they okay, that they're, mm-hmm. you know, friends with. And he shows up with with his WWE UK title representing, like, that brand. And I think it would kind of be difficult if they had, you know, their NXT Australia, for instance. Because I don't think there's, like, an Australian star that you could compare to Walter, Who Walter very much like represents like that European style of wrestling and people you know they they see the two and they're like okay yeah
3: I can see it yeah it's it's a tough predicament they're in now that they've just like swallowed up so much talent but there's only so much um there's only so much supply they can put out in terms of programming and featuring all these guys and you have you know you speak of Australia like a a Jonah Rock for instance Bronson Reed that is just one of many new guys that they've introduced and it's finding the outlets for them. And I don't think this is a perfect example of it. Like you have a Trent seven Tyler Bate, You can go watch them this weekend in Toronto, but it's not on WWE shows. So it just, it it tells you like where the structure is in place and some of the limitations of NXT that you can't feature everybody. And there's good and bad to that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's one of those uh, weird things where if you look at NXT from, five six years ago and you definitely had your independent stars you you know you had uh kevin owens finn Balor, samoa joe but they were just like a very they made up a, a little bit of the roster as opposed to now where it's more than likely that it's all independent stars and just you know a few like bodybuilders or gymnasts that they like hired and yet like you said it's very hard to just book everybody like this weekend Kushida doesn't have a match Matt Riddle doesn't have a match and Keith Lee, like Keith, Keith Lee has
3: been, you know, he's had his time, you know, on TV, but it's been limited.
1: Yeah. Even like Damien Priest, uh, the former punishment Martinez, like they've been building him up for like a month. And I assume he'll have some sort of match on the pre-show, you know, probably like just against, like I a don't Conan even know Reeves. about that. Like
3: they've announced two pre-show matches already. I don't, I don't know if they'll do anything beyond that. It's, like, they very much have two NXTs. It's the NXTs of the the established talent, like you've just explained, that when you're t- when you're touring, when you're doing these takeovers in big buildings, you want to have that established talent that's going to eat up a lot of the television time. And then you have NXT of what it was first set out to be, which was kind of a, a starting point for a lot of talent and getting them their first on-camera exposure and working in front of live crowds and bringing up your talents like... A Bianca Belair for instance like that's a separate NXT but it's all kind of amalgamated into this brand and the TV time it's going to be dedicated to your key programs and there's going to be way more talent that is is not featured than are on television each week
1: well they were like running a show in Buffalo I believe it's either it was either yesterday or today and it's like they're now to the point where they could run separate like their own separate NXT house show and not have to worry about like Using Johnny Gargano and risking him possibly getting injured before this, you know, match with Adam Cole, and I, I've I've heard like rumblings of oh maybe they'll do it for two hours and a, a two hour NXT show, and I think that would kind of benefit them just because like you mentioned Bianca Belair, what has she been up to? Practically nothing, and it's not it's not like an indictment on oh she's just she's not good anymore or anything like that. It is just no, it's
3: just it's just space. That's, that's it. That's it, and it's something that they they feel on the main roster too like you will go weeks sometimes without seeing talent like they they are constantly adding talent but they also they're not getting rid of talent either so you're just going to get the this this uh kind of clogged up pipeline of of you got the most loaded roster you've ever had but still you, people complain about how much tv time there is now it's still not enough to feature everybody
1: it's crazy to think that th- this is a company that could potentially put on like a john cena walter match just because like you mentioned the the giant roster that that they have amassed um when you talk about giant rosters though i also think of the post wrestling family because you guys have a, what are some of the shows that you guys have aside from the shows that i mentioned you know you guys review monday night raw you guys review smackdown uh Davey and brayden they review uh, nxt but you guys do have a plethora of other shows
0: yeah. Do you want to go through them? Yeah, we've got uh, some friends of ours from the UK scene who uh, cover uh, that whole, uh, actually the whole European scene with a, a great level of uh, expertise. And that's a show called The British Wrestling Experience, which is on its own feed. Uh, and we've got WH Park, who uh, is very much in tune with the, the Japanese end of things. So he does a number of shows for us on our main feed. Uh, he's got a series up right now called Cruel Summer, which looks back at every single G1 final throughout its history so he's a a great historian and um, we've also got Nate Milton a longtime uh, friend of ours who's done many shows with us in the past but uh, he's got his own show called the Rocky Maivia Picture Show which is a look back at every film from the career of Dwayne Johnson, which Starting... is amazing,
1: by
3: the way, I I love every episode. It's, it's they do a really great job. Yeah. I, I I typically I'll just listen to that on the Saturday when they put it up, and he has some great guests, and I, I think Nate is just he's a phenomenal host. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: what 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 were some of the early struggles with? Because, like I mentioned before, when there was the uh the whole disbanding of the law, you guys had to build from the ground up and like me being a fan of, of you guys and just seeing like where it's got into now. I mean, I'm in your giant penthouse that you call the, the post wrestling studio. We could have the weird giant neon sign outside. that said post wrestling uh, studio. It's a tower. It's a a tower. Yeah. It was almost like the Avengers tower Mm -hmm. actually. Um, But you've, you know, it was, to me, it was very reminiscent of like a wrestling company, you know, the spamming and then specific people from that company just starting up again. And there's always the, like, oh, OK, well, they're just they're too much like their previous incarnation. But I when I think of you guys, I definitely don't think like, oh, OK, they're just doing the same thing they did over there, because like aside from the wrestling centric shows, you know, you guys do your live shows where you interact with, you know, fans of the show and you guys do your Marvel reviews. Like what was, what were some of the early struggles with trying to come up with like what content can we produce that'll make us stick out from
3: just what we did before? I I think like a lot of them have just like come very organically because, you know, when we were with the law, we could come up with whatever concepts we want and throw them against the wall. But it really wasn't as though we were living and dying based on, you know, numbers and a, a show's. You know,
0: it was just like like we were paid a salary and we we produced content in this incarnation. Let me also add that, at least for me, like podcasting was not my main job at the while I was with the Fight Network or or Live Audio Wrestling. It was kind of something I did on the side, really on a volunteer basis to start off with. And my main job was a videographer and John's main job was as, as an honor TV host. So it was just like podcasting became something that what can we fit, you know, into our schedules because we enjoyed doing it gradually it took up i think more of our actual responsibilities at, at, at work especially when we start to put the, the 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 raw reviews on tv and whatnot but um we certainly like i don't think we were as open to fulfilling every single idea that we had because we simply didn't have the time no and in this incarnation like we can
3: we can directly see like it's like post wrestling is completely listener supported uh through our patreon so when we would put out a show, and we'd see that, like, okay, this this ticked up, and there was a, a big interest in hearing us talk about a Marvel movie. I mean, that was a sign that, okay, this is an idea we should push forward with.
0: Yeah, and let me interject in, that The whole reason why we even started doing Marvel reviews was because Avengers Infinity War came out, and John, who was a very casual Marvel fan at the time, you know, we ended up talking about the movie, and, you know, John, like, I start talking about uh, Captain America, and John says... Yeah, Captain America, where was he in this movie? Not realizing that Steve Rogers, who he was identified as throughout the entire uh, uh, duration of Infinity War, was actually Captain America. And this was, like to me, one of the best moments I've ever had podcasting with this guy. Our audience cracked up at it. And from that point on, it became a great like jumping-on point to review every single Marvel root movie, starting back from the beginning. See, I,
1: I very vividly remember that because myself and the... Uh, um uh, one of my coworkers, Eric Zisselman, who's also part of the uh post family. He you know, awesome. he's the one who introduced me to you guys. Okay. Shout but I Eric. remember shout out to Eric. He and I were both like listening to the show at the same time. And when that came up, it was one of those things where whatever we're doing, both like both of us looked up and looked at each other and we were like, Oh my god, John did like wasn't aware of it and it wasn't like a bit. But I also don't you know, I don't blame you for because for like it wasn't until like they've never referred to yeah. Hawkeye in sure. any of the movies he's been in as Hawkeye. He's always just been Clint. So it's.
0: But I'm so grateful that we yeah. had that moment and that we captured it and that our audience was able to share what, in my enjoyment of that moment because it, it ended up catapulting us into creating a new series that people seem to really enjoy.
3: And they're among like the most popular shows we do on on our on our Patreon feed. Um, that's why we keep doing them. So that's kind of been. What we followed is like what what are people interested in and and you know it's it's usually just that's kind of how we throw things out like this past weekend was Triple Mania and I thought you know it's a big show Came Velasquez is on this card the uh, the Elite are part of the show so I myself wanted to watch it so I thought. It'd be interesting. We did an interview ahead of time with uh, with Rob Bahari, who's like an expert in lucha. And then I did my coverage on it. And then it was looking like throughout Twitter that night, um, through the numbers that my report did on the show. And it was, like, it was like a clear hit. Like people certainly responded to it well, because we aren't a site that go very deep on lucha coverage. So I found that to be pretty eye opening. And that's just the stuff we follow is I think that way and I have. The, the advantage that we're very much in tune with our audience, and if it's something that both of us are intrigued by, we feel confident that there's a good amount of our audience that will be into it as well. So you guys are
1: definitely much more of a Triple H than a Vince McMahon when it comes to running your your shells and being more in tune with
3: what people like? We, we, we try this crazy idea of just responding to what people like and then giving them more of it
1: you don't try to force what you likes
0: down their throats for six to eight months. Maybe we'll start throwing in some like, you know, I'm uh, going to force feed the 90210 and
3: reviews into something.
0: And then okay. we'll have some two out of three, uh, reviews, um, stipulations. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have reasons. some commercial breaks and some we'll some just resets. have pauses
3: and resets. Yeah. So
1: with this being like a, an audio medium, uh, some people can't tell, but way is wearing his very snazzy post wrestling hat because you guys run your own merch. Just the two of you. What's, what's That's that pretty like? much all way all way so wait what what's that like because you don't have like a a pro wrestling tease or a wwe shop behind you helping you like run that and i know firsthand how tedious that can be just how time consuming Mm -hmm. and so so what's it like for you for you handling all that yeah
0: honestly um you know let me first off uh say that like while we were working with the law we had a tremendous relationship with pro wrestling tease. they were you guys are so nice to us like ryan uh was was great with like any type of uh you know demands that we had. Anytime I had a new shirt design, I'd send it right up and he would personally like, you know, get it up there for us immediately. Uh even like, you know, providing us with like the crates for those unboxings I thought was were always a lot of fun. So See,
1: I-, I was the one who would pack those crates and I was oh, yeah? we were always afraid like I would always specifically put like <laughs> built one together to make sure we included everything that like everything looked good because Once it was around that time that I started listening to you guys and I would watch the shows and I would be like, we need to make sure this one's (laughs) good because they're going to open it. And if they open it and it's missing their, you know, I don't know. I I
3: was always like just blown away by that. It was just like, you guys gave us like the attention that, you know, you're in business with all these major players Mm -hmm. and yet, you know, we're, we're just doing like a radio show in Canada and felt like you you treated us no different than you know your biggest clients
1: well the like the thing that kind of helps as well is like uh it's a lot of wrestling fans that work for pro wrestling tees you know the there's one hour tees which is kind of like the front of the store you know all the beautiful people and then you have pro wrestling tees in the back with just all of us cretins who you know talk wrestling and marvel movies and with a lot of us we're kind of like in tune with what people like and i remember when we We're doing that, you know, letting Ryan know because Ryan's busy running, you know, this giant corporation. But if we're like, hey, people like, you know, they know who these guys are. They're, you know, they have like a big fan base. Like, you know, let's let's do this. Let's help them because Ryan, he's the whole purpose of Pro Wrestling Tees is helping out, you know, like there nobody, not that nobody knew who uh, uh, Marty Skrull or the Young Bucks were, but we helped like get them to be bigger names
4: and
0: oh, it's revolutionized! It, I yeah. think, the independent wrestling industry. Yeah, yeah. and
4: if it's think like of the,
0: think of the
3: amount that some of these independent wrestlers have made over the past six to seven years.
1: Well, I, I told the story on on the episode with Marty Derosa where Caba- Cole Cabana did a live podcast mm-hmm. years back, and it was Cabana, El Generico, and the Young Bucks, and El Generico and Cole Cabana had these massive lines, yeah, and the Young Bucks were there. You know, like they had a few people coming up, recognize, oh, you're Generation Me, hello. And to like think if they, if we went to that exact same place that it was a comic book store, we went back to that same exact comic book store, had a meet and greet for just them, the line would be ridiculous. And it's very much like that was only two, three years prior to like them joining the Bullet Club and blowing up. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it shows you how like in the world of wrestling, you can go from just being a name that people recognize to starting up your own company
0: completely absolutely and you know uh you know getting back to you know when we when we started post-wrestling uh i think the natural you know idea for us was to like open up a pro wrestling tea store but i think as part of doing this whole project at least personally and i think for john as well i wanted to use it almost as an experiment to learn new skills Uh, Whether it be from a technical aspect, you know, learning how to build a website, learning how to uh, set up a Patreon, learning how to, you know, uh, like build a studio here. Among the things that I wanted to learn was to how to set up a t-shirt store because I was so inspired by the work that you guys were doing. And so I kind of like did the research myself. Print on demand is a really popular thing right now, not just, of course, in in professional wrestling t-shirts, but. Uh, yeah, just like, you know, throughout, I guess, uh, fashion and whatnot. So kind of did the research there. And so I've been uh, still continuing to learn and and running it. We launched it about a year ago and it's been fun. It's been fun to like be able to kind of execute ideas and just like, you know, try to use our podcast as a way to kind of like bridge the gap through our Patreon as well. We kind of like slowly, you know, organically built up all these little pieces and, it's kind of our job to try to figure out how to fit it all together. And I I think our audience has been enjoying it so far.
1: Yeah, Nothing makes me happier than being out in the wild and seeing somebody with, like, a post-wrestling shirt or hat, partly because it's like, oh, we're part of this cool club, you know? Like, if just like my my Lyft driver on the way here, if I was wearing a post-wrestling shirt, he would have no idea what I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. But if I go to the Ring of Honor show tonight, more than likely, you know, we'll have – I mean, it's a Ring of Honor show, so it'll be a ton of fans who are like post wrestling, you know. And that's just—it's cool because it, it, you're part of this like exclusive club that I know. I know what that is. You know what that is, and we don't have to explain. And you guys have like a lot of really nice, really a really nice fan base to where like yeah. everyone gets along. And I think it's like the Canadian in all of them because like I, we, Braden and I, we ran into a few people and. They were like, "Oh my God, it's Brayden from Post Wrestling." And I, I love doing this thing when people recognize. I'm just like, "Yeah, right." Like, kind of like pump it up and make him feel like. So I can only imagine for you two guys, because I know one of our friends yesterday. She, she actually saw you, John, at uh, the concert, the um, Aqua concert that you went to. Oh, I, I spoke to her. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I did. Well,
3: she, I don't know. I don't. I don't okay, this did. is someone else. because yeah. I did meet uh. Davey's friend. I, no, it wasn't Davy's friend. I met a few listeners. One of them was a female, um, but it must have been yeah, someone else. She, yeah, she told us. She's like, I saw John from far away. I wanted to <laughs> oh, say hello. Gosh. She was like,
1: but I just didn't. And I'm like, John's like the one of the nicest persons I've met. You should have just gone up to him and say hello. But like to her. I think
3: it, I put up a very intimidating front that I promise is not there, but I think. Many at people.
0: the Aqua Show though, I feel like that would have been the perfect time to to talk to John, right? Yeah, Hello, sure. Aqua fan.
3: I did. I did run into like three or four listeners at that show, so yeah. there was some kind of crossover. Yeah, and like
1: I I know when I did like post wrestling, it's more than just like reach like its Canadian like fan base. Because like I said, I've done like auto autograph signings like back in Chicago or even when we were like in Vegas. And you do see, like, the post-wrestling shirts pop up, and that, like, always makes me, like, genuinely happy. Because, like, I, wait, I know I reached out to you when you guys were starting up to see if you wanted to, like, mm-hmm. do the pro-wrestling T-Star.
0: I might want to do, like, in the future, once I'm, like, you know, I'm, like, fuck this, like, shit, this is way too much work. <laughs> well, can help us.
1: <laughs> well, like, for those who can't see, you know, there's, like, a whole screen, uh, screen printing, like, almost factory <laughs> set up here that, God. like... I can definitely tell way runs by himself. We've got so
0: labor, uh, we got child labor. The post office workers.
1: Yeah, the post office workers. Like I'm not kidding. It's essentially the Avengers Tower that we're that we're in right now.
0: He is kidding everybody. There's no such thing.
3: Like I think people would be very stunned at like. How small of an operation like this is and it's like we're, it's, we're extremely grateful for like the assistance we get from like Braden and Davey and everyone that does shows and stuff but like mm-hmm. the day-to-day like it's it's an enormous amount that uh, amount that is on our plate and i think me and way we're, we're constantly looking at well, well what more can we do and we're kind of at a point now where it's like we what? can't we can't do everything we understand that and it's it's kind of just figuring out now what is what is the best use of our time. Yes, we could try and spread ourselves thin, but what what are the priorities and what is what is most important f- uh, that we're doing day to day.
1: So, with you guys being sellers of like your own ret- wrestling merchandise, do you guys remember your first pieces of wrestling merchandise? Cuz I find that's always like the like something interesting that we like, bought ourselves. Yeah, that either you bought yourself or, you know, like a, a parent or someone bought for you like I I always tell the story about how my first wrestling shirt was a, was a John Cena chain gang soldier shirt.
3: All right. <laughs> which
1: on the back said, if you, is said, if you want some, come get some. And I was in like sixth grade. So of course everyone was like, you know, and I didn't understand the reference until like someone explained it to me. And I was like, Oh, that's like, why would someone like a 12 year old wear, wear this on a t-shirt? But what were like some of the earlier t-shirts do you guys remember? purchasing see,
3: uh, see I, I wasn't like a big uh t-shirt buyer when, when i was younger like i certainly got like video games uh mm-hmm. and i got those and certainly like the wcw nwo world tour game was like certainly one of my, one of my favorite games of all time i i remember getting a this would have been when i was definitely in high school and getting the yellow edge and christian shirt just because i thought this is so cool that there's a wrestling t-shirt that isn't black and just liking that. Here is a here is a bright yellow T-shirt, and that was always like a favorite one of mine.
0: For me, um, you know, I I think my, the first shirt I bought was the Kai and Indeed shirt, the Evil shirt, <laughs> which is like I mean, it was a gimmick that honestly, looking back, it's like wow, I can't believe they did that, and I can't can't believe I liked it. But I thought they were hilarious at the time, and I was a big fan of Kai and like not just in the WWE, but for Mister Noku Pro, so. It happened to be at least one of the shirts that WWE came up with at the time that didn't look completely ridiculous and completely off-putting to wear in a normal setting, so that was a shirt I got. Uh, and then beyond that, um, I I honestly like, I think I, I honestly have not been never been that impressed with like WWE's output. Um, and uh, again, it's it's part of the reason why I think Pro Wrestling Tees has been so successful is because of the reaction to. Like, the really bad shirts WWE has put out throughout its history. They've had some really good ones, but the majority are just, like, you know, like, phrases, catchphrases to this day. Uh, so, I, the next shirt I bought, I, I remember buying, like, a Samojo shirt from an a ROH show. I, I was a huge fan of his. And then another shirt I really enjoyed was uh, when I went to Japan for the first time, I went to uh, Suido Bashi, which is, like, sort of, like, where um, Tokyo Dome is, that whole area. I walked in, and I found this awesome Akira Tawe shirt. That was like I think I've seen. He's CM, holding the fish. Yeah, I've seen CM Punk actually wear the same shirt, but it's like yeah, it's Karratoway, a drawing of his, holding the GC Championship belt in one hand and a, like a fish in another <laughs> hand, and I, I that that's probably one of my favorite shirts to this day.
1: So what you're saying is the the shirt that I brought you, the man's man shirt. You don't <laughs> want that one?
3: Oh, I'm wearing uh, underneath. Uh, Scrump <laughs> brought me this awesome Toriano shirt.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, John, you're, you're, I, I learned, I knew who like Yano was, but it wasn't until like, it was some show that you were doing where you, you were just praising, you were praising him. And I was like, fuck, I have to check this guy
3: out. I'm and actually
0: quite surprised because I feel like I'm the bigger Yano fan and, and I'm usually having to defend the matches to Don. I,
3: but, I, I, I enjoy Toru a lot. Like I, I don't look at him as like some just like non-important role. I think it takes an incredible level of like genius to put together some of these matches in a entertaining place. I enjoy him in the G1. Um Yeah. So, uh, there, like, I'm a big fan of his.
1: There was, like, a – I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. It was a Colt Cabana uh, versus Yano match. It was, like, at a Ring of Honor show. I yes. Th- it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that one, like, being there live was – it was one of those things where I wasn't there for, like, uh, Hogan Rock. But when people describe <laughs> – the I, at, there for I mean, cabana Yano. But I was there for Cabana-Yano because mm-hmm. it's – it's one of those where you can have, like, your straight-up classic just wrestling match. You're Kenny Omega versus Okada – but like the cool thing about wrestling is you can have this just straight up silly goofy match between these two like comedic wrestlers who are masters of their craft and they put on this match that is just like if you brought a friend who wasn't aware of what wrestling was and that was like their first match they would either love it or hate it
3: i also think you can you can much easier get away with a average just regular match Average comedy is typically bad comedy. It's like it's pretty much black or white for me. It's like it's very hard at times to do comedy very effectively in, in in wrestling. And when you see it done really poorly, it really shows you the difference when you see two people that kind of understand it and have the audience in the palm of their hands. And I think that that's where uh, it kind of separates itself. Like it's, I, I think it's it's honestly it's a it's a it's a riskier style to go with because I think it's very much feast or famine. Yeah, I, it's. It's something where like you
1: see uh, like a Joey Ryan who like he's probably going to wrestle for the next 10 years just doing the dick flip or doing whatever like comedy he does and like some might argue that's like the smarter way of doing things but you're right like he could have very well done that dick flip and it like wouldn't have gotten over you know that would have just been like a thing and Joey's like a, he, he's a smart man so he would have found something to have gotten him over but even with like yano with his whole like dvd uh with him trying to sell his dvds like that very well he could have done that once and people would have just like what the like what the fuck is this don't do it again but it's it it's fun when you see like this very specific very like weird thing that they do and you have to like just like explain to someone outside of the world of wrestling the context where it's like no 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 like it all makes sense once you understand the character
0: I think it's, you know, comedy wrestling allows great space for creativity. Certainly, you know, your regular, like, really hard-hitting, great wrestling style that I think we all enjoy, that allows for it as well. But I find comedy, like, requires a lot more open thinking, free thinking, you know, like not doing something that really came before, not doing something that you might have seen in Japan, uh, and, you know, not doing something that people really teach at wrestling schools. You kind of have to be really original in order to excite an audience, and thus, you know, things like the dick flip. Uh, but to me, like wrestling, it's like music, you know, there are different genres of it. And certain genres might be more popular than others, but doesn't mean that, uh, you know, at a festival, I only want to hear one genre of music. I'm, I'm willing to give everything a chance, just like how I think every wrestling card has space for a comedy match or a hardcore match or a grappling match, you know?
1: Yeah, which I think that's something like, AEW's kind of, like, found much success with. Because you look at some of their... You look at, like, All In. You know, they had this, like, awesome hardcore match between Hangman Page and Joey Janela. And then you do that stupid bit with, like, the penis druids. Mm -hmm. But it all... Like, everyone there understood, like, Joey Ryan is coming back from the dead. And it all just... It fits within the context of wrestling. Which, like, I don't think that's something you could really pull off in, like, any other medium where you have these two men just destroy each other's bodies.
0: It fit with that particular audience because that audience was, like, a, you know, an audience that was watching Being the Elite and knew all these characters. It'll be really interesting to see, as, and I think we've already seen some of the backlash to, like, things like, you know, The Librarian and more of the BTE elements. When they get to TNT with a more kind of casual fan base, how much are they going to limit all that?
1: Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see all that. I just... I hope they know that if they if they need someone in a, a penis costume, you know, I'm always willing to come out of retirement.
3: Are you surprised that the term druids has become the the accepted uh, identifying term? Because I thought when Shane Helms uh, dubbed you guys the fluids, I thought that would be the one that they go with, but it seems like it will go down in history as the penis druids.
1: Yeah, like it's because we're not even actually like dressed like the dru- like the druids like if they would have given us those like hoods to put over the hoods, uh, it would have made more sense,
0: but insert your own joke.
1: Yeah. Um, so speaking of like costumes, Marvel announced their phase four, like lineup. And I know you guys briefly touched upon it, but what's something you guys want to see, like coming out of the MCU, because you guys are, you guys are catching up. Uh, you guys do like the monthly Marvel reviews. You guys are catching up. Is there something like in particular that you guys are expecting, to come from this like I know personally I can't wait for them to introduce Doctor Doom. He's always been like a super like mm-hmm. super cool character in the comics yeah. and it's like it's a bummer that he won't get to interact with like Tony. Yeah. You know, spoilers for those who haven't seen uh Tough. Yeah. Seen Endgame. Uh He's dead everybody. He's dead everybody. But what what are what are some of the things you guys are looking forward to?
3: Um I mean I mean I, don't, I I go into these movies like like pretty fresh and I certainly don't have like the um the prior knowledge of a lot of these characters, so they don't have that kind of a sentimental value to me when I when I'm watching them. I I'm just I'm overall just curious in like this next like this post Endgame uh, phase now of Marvel and how they move on to uh, newer characters, how they expand things like w- with Peter Parker. So I, I thought. I won't get into all of uh, the latest Spider-Man, but I thought the oh, mid-credit no, feel, scene, feel free, feel and end-credit scene. I thought that's set up for like so many different angles for the next one. So I was really captivated by all of that. I, I really enjoyed that movie and the way it ended. I mean, that to me is uh, not all that different from like a big wrestling show. Is that you get the big payoff, but then they also set up directions that you want to see immediately that will bring you back.
1: Yeah, like especially with like the reveal of. Uh, I'm gonna spoil it if you haven't. If you haven't seen
3: Spider-Man, the Jameson cameo, yeah. was fucking awesome. The whole theater erupted because I saw it opening night, so mm-hmm. no one knew of it. Uh, I presume going into it, so when he shows up, it was just like a giant reaction. Yeah,
1: same with my auditorium. Like everyone, like they popped, and it was it was cool seeing him because, like you mentioned, nobody like everyone kind of figured J. Jonah Jameson would probably at some point be included, or maybe not, just because like newspapers obsolete. But with them making him this, like, Alex Jones character, and
0: it's just like, of course. It, like It was, to me, like, I think uh, it was obviously extra shocking because this was Marvel taking a Sony casted character and lifting it into their own universe. And I think it opens the door now, you know, to, to all possibilities where they would simply say uh, they won't restrict somebody from playing a certain role because – They've already been this role in the past for another studio, um, and they're also not going to restrict people evidently from playing certain characters, even if they already played somebody in the Netflix shows, for instance. As long as they are the best choice for that role, and I, that's what I respect so much about Marvel is that they—it seems like they're not really letting politics get in the way of like who is best per- for to, to suited for this role. Um, so, you know, beyond that, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Disney Plus shows are, are set to interact with the actual TV shows. I imagine they'll be tied in a lot closer than the Netflix shows ever were. Um, uh, also seeing the teases for the Mutants, of course, and also the Fantastic Four, as you mentioned. Um, I think... It's it's it'll be really interesting to see like how they kind of rebuild with like a brand new cast of Avengers. Shang Chi, I'm I have a personal real investment to mm-hmm. see how how that one turns out. So were you aware
1: Shang Chi was supposed to be? He was uh, he and Ant Man were in like the original Phase One. Of, really? of those I Marvel movies, yeah, it was Shang Chi and Ant Man. They were supposed to be included. I knew Ant Man was because Ed, mm-hmm.
0: Edgar Wright was already uh, working on that script. Yeah, I, I no, there was, was there
1: was some like interview with Kevin Feige where he he specifically mentioned Shang Chi and Ant Man along with like whatever oh. else they had announced, and then kind of just fell by the wayside. But yeah, like the Netflix, the Disney Plus, the Disney Plus shows. That's something like I'm I love the fact that uh, Scarlet Witch she got like. That badass scene in uh, Endgame where mm-hmm. tha- the whole reason that Thanos, like, panics and just starts raining fire on everyone is because she's just destroying him.
0: I believe Feige has said, like, Scarlet Witch has the power to destroy Thanos by herself.
1: Yeah, like, w- yeah which, like, that. that was, you know, that's what we were, like, seeing happen. Yeah. And the fact that, like, she's... Her is gonna be tied in with uh, the next Doctor Strange movie... Yes.
0: Like, She's in the next Doctor Strange
1: movie. Yeah, which like I'm all for. Like I, I've shown you before, I like I carry the Eye of Agumato, like on my keychain because just Doctor Strange, you know, like he's always been he's your like guy? he's my guy. Wow. And uh, like the the fact that they're now starting to include more like of the mysticism and yeah. just going with that, like this one's Doctor Strange and like the, and the multiverse the, the, of madness, the multiverse of madness, which just sounds so metal. Sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, like kind of touching on like what you said john just to see where they go next and it's like they're clearly just going for it like they've already they've made the most money any movie's ever had and i don't see these movies slowing down yeah like you're there i know they're introducing the eternals which is like if anyone said they've read an eternals comic they're lying
0: i haven't i certainly haven't but like the the concepts are just so out there um, like, if you, you know, if any of us said like five years ago, oh, or eh, maybe not five, 10 years ago, that there's going to be an Eternals movie, impossible. There's no way you could translate like something like that ridiculous to like screen, but Marvel has that track record. They've done such a great job building this cosmic universe now that like we can accept it.
1: I very specifically remember, and it pops up on like my Facebook memories from time to time, uh, when they announced like phase two of Marvel movies, being furious that there was no Black Panther. Mm -hmm. who's also like my guy or dr strange but they were introducing guardians of the galaxy because that was such a stupid concept and nobody would ever watch it and then i found myself opening night sitting there crying within like the first five minutes of the movie because like that movie opens with just like a punch to the gut Mm -hmm. and yeah it's interesting to see like just how out
3: there they're gonna get once
0: they got away with guardians and making that much money with it they could do anything you know yeah I
3: think they've kind of erased a lot well not entirely but I think a lot less skepticism now comes with their choices that I think they've kind of built up that goodwill that people have at least the open mind that even if they're going to go somewhere far people are going to at least give them the check it out and see like Marvel just seems like they have like the magic wand right now when it comes to introducing characters and a built-in audience that is it's almost impossible now for the to imagine like them having a major flop
1: yeah like you can kind of like bring it back to wrestling where like you have this like wrestling back in the day used to be this is our starting point and this is our end point and i could just i couldn't imagine if kevin feige just changed everything you know after every Avengers, where oh well this ant-man movie didn't draw as much so you know i guess we're gonna change it to this new character who's gonna you know help tony invent time travel or if just like after every like it's nice to see this is the story, this is what they want, and this is what they're gonna go with. Like there was an interview recently with the Russo brothers who they talked about when they pitched the idea of an Infinity War and End game to them, that one of the things was like, Iron Man's gonna die. So they knew that, you know, years in advance. And despite like the love that people have for Robert Downey Jr., that like that didn't stop them from well we'll milk this a little bit more. They're like, No, this is the story we're gonna tell and we're going all the way with it
0: mm-hmm. yeah again like i think shows a real respect for not just the business of it but like you know putting the story first story ahead of uh you know star power which is i think some of them uh i don't know maybe some of the mistakes we've seen with other people who have tried to create these types of uh you know shared universes
1: yeah,
3: yeah. um john way where can people find you guys the easiest place to go is postwrestling.com. That includes uh, all of our all the latest news going on in the industry, all of our shows you have access to there. And then if you want to jump on our Patreon, it's the Post Wrestling Cafe. And you can just go to postwrestlingcafe.com. We do two to three bonus shows a week during the G1 season. It's even more. And uh, for $6 a month, you can sign up, get all the bonus shows, and go have access to our entire library that goes back to December 2017.
0: Yeah, if you're a new listener, I always uh, encourage people to give us a shot if you're listening to, uh, uh, if you're looking for any type of post wrestling uh, or, or podcast, uh, post WWE reviews, post uh, soon to be AEW reviews, uh, you know, New Japan pro- post shows. We do it all. So look up uh, post wrestling on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or now even YouTube.
1: I uh, so I would like to personally thank you guys on behalf of the Pro Wrestling Tea staff because we work ridiculous hours, especially like during the holidays. Like you know, they don't call me the Iron Man of Pro Wrestling Teas for nothing, you know.
3: And oh, you're not gonna die at a predetermined date, are you?
1: I would hope. Years I mean, in advance with, with, with my diet, probably sooner rather than later. Um, but I want to thank you guys for all the content you put out because I know it, it helps all of us like get through these like long, tedious shifts. And if you, it wasn't for you guys putting out 37 shows a week, I don't know how we would get through it. There
3: is nothing about your operation that would make it pro wrestling tedious.
1: <laughs> and with that, we will end this episode. What an interview with those two. Oh. I- I referred to them prior to this as my Canadian
2: white whales, and Ahab got it. Ahab got them. Yeah, I was
1: so happy to have them on. Like again, they're two guys who, just been so instrumental in helping like get everything set up, and yeah. like it's just awesome. I yeah. love. I also love when John retells the story of him watching Infinity War <laughs> and not yeah. knowing why Captain America wasn't in it, but Steve Rogers was. Yeah, which like okay, I can see that. You know, like yeah. if it's your if you never watched any of these movies. But And it's just awesome how that led to like their MCU reviews, because yeah. if there's anyone who loves to hear people talk about those MCU movies, it's this fucking guy right yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which I, I hear that Joker movie is supposed to be
2: uh, very well. Listen, we've got some people at the shop that are naysayers about this movie, but if the venice film festival has anything to say about it i mean they gave it a eight minute standing ovation
1: listen if you have negative feelings about that movie you can just shelve it on a on a shelf somewhere because we will hear none of that put it right on a shelf yeah we'll hear none of that slander here (laughs) but uh you know we'll hear right now dave what it's our favorite segment of the week fan of the week fan of the week
0: discrump and stank i'm riding today to be the fan of the week your
4: services suck my order is fucked Place this morning I freak. I hope it keeps you awake. You
0: ain't ever getting on my heart days. Sound your fan of the week. Have a nice day
4: Hey, this is data from uh, Wrestling Tattoos and I'm here to read the uh, the fan of the week from Danny from Parts Unknown. <clears throat> I have some good ass questions that need answering because literally like two hundred plus folks have been asking me how to get out AEW Canada t shirts. I run an all I run and own what did he say? The All Elite Wrestling Canada who, Facebook page and I have everyone saying they can't wait to get their hands on some AEW Canada merch. Some are even saying they want my damn autograph on the shirt. Shrug. I just want to know, will I be allowed to create custom AEW Canada shirts for all the main card superstars so far and even one for myself? There's lots of money in it for everyone. I just really don't want to step over anyone's toes in the quote-unquote big time and have people hating on Danny Savage. Man, yeah, I'm just really trying to make it to the top with you guys, man. Please if someone can get back to me on this matter, if I'm allowed to do this sort of thing, because people are asking and it would really be the cream of the crop. If we could do it with you guys. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, I'm data from wrestling tattoos and uh, you can follow me on Instagram at data 81 or on Twitter at a underscore Chris. That's a Y a L I N underscore Chris. Thanks. Stank. Stank. Hmm? Huh?
1: Did you fall asleep?
4: What?
2: Did you yeah, cease and desist. Cease and desist. Cease and desist. Cease and desist. <laughs> cease and desist. That one was a doozy of a fucking email. Yeah. Just, oh, I'm sorry guys, but uh don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. We're gonna report that. you to the authorities. But I do have a good idea. We should do AEW Canada shirts. Oh, that would be amazing! That'd be great. It's a very, it's a very uh, Canada centric episode this week. Yeah, yeah, right. We our have friends of the
1: north. Friends of the north. Yeah, we yeah. have them on, and then someone who really wants some AEW Canada shirts. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Maybe listen. As a designer here, I would not recommend taking that into your own hands. we, we get a lot of people that want our Chicago gear, which. Was available at the store. But if AEW wants Canadian gear, they'll ask me to make it. So don't. Yeah, don't. And, and that's the other thing. Everyone knows what AEW has. So if you're rocking a Canadian shirt, they're going to know you bootlegged it.
1: Yeah, don't be that guy. Yeah,
2: don't be that guy. Like, don't come in with your gold LeMay Bullet Club shirt that everyone knows doesn't exist. Or it's a five inch print of the Bullet Club, or yeah, because
1: here at the shop, yeah, we know how
2: big those designs
1: are supposed We're to be. We're discerning eyes, yeah. We're so, experts, yeah. And you always see those people who have the like the bootleg merch and yeah. come to like our shop, and they're kind of just like doing the walk of shame because they know.
2: Yep. Oh, they're walking through the line with that bootleg ass stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or how about like that that Chicago Bullet Club? With, it's a CM Punk on it. Come on, guys.
1: Yeah. Listen, if you want to get the real thing, yeah. you can come into the shop. Yeah, or, or you can be the winner of our weekly T-shirt giveaway, like yep. we mentioned. And this week's winner is none other than our boy Jesse, who's at Kberg eighty six. Kberg eighty six. Kberg eighty six. Jesse, he's cool. He's a cool guy. I see him very active on the, like our social yep. media. So friend of the show, friend of the show, Jesse. Uh, check your DMs. I'll be shooting something over yep. your way. Yeah. But yeah, Dave, it's been fuck. It's been such a long week. You know, I was. Yeah. I was working the the Kenny Omega autographs, the, the autograph and photos. Just so many people that came to show up. And Kenny, fucking angel. That guy just took uh, his time our with one-winged everybody. Angel. Our one-winged <laughs> angel. Such a nice, sweet Canadian boy, like yeah. all those Canadian boys are. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of Canada in this episode. Jeez. Yeah. You know? But you know he's also a very nice, sweet boy? Who? Next week's guest. We got Vinny. From the shop. Vincenzo. Oh,
2: Vincenzo? Our, our sexy, The sexy vampire of pro wrestling yes. tees. He's the one that gets all the ladies wild. When they come in here, they're like, who's that sexy tattooed beast over there? And we're like, that's Vinny. I'm like, Vinny, man and he's uh he's currently running his uh
1: his site cryptic closet yes yeah, the, the cryptic closet.com yep he has very limited amount of those fanny devito fanny packs left over right? get them while you can yeah i talked to him and i was like hey uh if anyone cancels an order you can definitely throw one my yeah, way can i get one yeah right so definitely check them out and like i mentioned he's been working here at one hour tees pro wrestling tees for several years now he's you know he's one of the good ones he wouldn't be around if he wasn't
2: yeah he's uh he's worked his way from one hour tea side to pro wrestling tease side and let me tell you he's been sitting next to me and we're coming up with crazy ideas so be on the lookout for some uh some vinnie originals coming soon yeah, but t- talking about
1: crazy ideas he had this crazy idea that he should run his own horror pop-up shop yep and he fucking did it he did it and it's gonna be happening uh the weekend of uh october 11th through the 13th you know it's called the horror house if yep. you if you go to cryptic closet you'll be able to find more information on it um you know like we mentioned like we mentioned there yeah, he's doing was, presale tickets on ticket yeah, leap he's doing pre-sale tickets so they're eight dollars if you get them online ten dollars at the door but it's it's going to be awesome he's been mentioning some of like the vendors he has coming in yeah he um lisa jones yep. uh friend of the show friend of the show friend of the show she's been working on some amazing art that like i've been seeing and i'm just like i might have to commission a piece or two from absolutely you. yeah, absolutely
2: it's been so so it, cool and it's the horror house but it's not gory and bloody i mean no. there's gonna be some of that but like the beautiful thing about this is uh people of all ages are invited to come yeah for sure so it's kid friendly
1: yeah so like i mentioned the warehouse and that's october 11th through the 13th again tickets online eight dollars ten dollars at the door and uh yeah if you're not doing anything that weekend and you live in chicago yeah support a local guy yeah support a local guy come on by um stank i'm fucking exhausted bro
2: yeah i mean we've had shows we've had meet and greets we had a lot of Canada on this show. We had we had like 17,000 podcasts yeah. that we recorded this weekend. Um, you know what we didn't have, though? What? Nothing from
1: Nebraska. There was a man from Nebraska who gave us food, but it wasn't, it wasn't a steak. It
2: wasn't a steak from Omaha. It wasn't an Omaha steak. Uh, guys, I'm starting to get worried. Uh, but you know what? Every week, we take a look at the, the statistics. We get the computer. We pull the levers. All the info comes out. We know you guys are listening and we're getting new listeners every day. Apparently, we're getting people from Australia.
1: We had a giant Ireland. influx of listeners from Italy, and this was before Francesco was on.
2: Yeah.
4: But
1: you know. uh, what's going on, Nebraska? What's going
2: on, Omaha? You
1: know what? It's, it's fine if uh, Omaha Steaks doesn't want to sponsor us because in a few weeks' time, you will learn of our new official sponsor. We do of have a new show. sponsor. We have a new sponsor of the show. And guess what? They bought me shoes. Yes. They bought me shoes, but and it'll be fine because I'll wear those shoes to another steakhouse, Omaha Steaks. If you don't want Don't wanna... be like that. Please, we g- well, let's give them one more chance. All right, we'll give you one more chance. Labor right? Day
2: was right around the corner. I wanted to grill some steaks. And we can't afford we can't afford them. I don't want to dip into our shirt fund to no. buy some steaks, but please join the winning team, Omaha Steaks. We're waiting.
1: We're waiting on you guys at Omaha Steaks. And that's all I got to say about
2: that. Yeah, man,
1: I'm fucking tired. I don't, I'm beat. I don't have anything else to say either. No. Like, we're probably going to give these guys, like, a half-ass outro. Well, there is one thing. Oh, shit, you're right. Mm-hmm. There is that one thing. Um, should, we, should we give it to them? Do it. All right, guys.
4: Here it is. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT Cast, and so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang. bang. bang.